You always hear that product management requires leadership through influence, but have you ever considered being asked to influence the process of other departments or the tools each department might use to get their jobs done? Well, on today's episode, we get to hear from Tunde Oke, Product Manager of Developer Enablement and DevOps Experience at Dell. Before working on developer enablement, Tunde was brought into Dell to lead and product manage a company-wide digital transformation, and he came on the pod to share that experience with us. Welcome back to Lessons in Product Management. Let's get started. Hey, Tunde, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for the conversation. Same so, to, to kick things off, could you give the listeners a, a quick intro of yourself, uh, the company you work for, and what you do there? Oh, sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my, my name is Tunde Oke. I'm a product manager at Dell. Um, I started off on the transformation team, but I've, I've since moved around. You know, I moved from the transformation team to the developer enablement team, where I was able to uh, deliver two products from zero to one with my team. Uh, after which I transitioned to DevOps Experience, which is the team that I'm on right now. Uh, outside of you know Dell, I also am the founder of Product Academy Africa. It's a product consulting outfit that provides training to you know people interested in product management on the continent of Africa, and also provides advisory services to organizations in Africa interested in you know, digital transformation. Very cool. And, and I've seen a lot where, um, where tech companies are, are growing a lot in Africa. So I think that's going to serve very well for those that are aspiring to, to get into the, the field. So I think that's exactly. Cool. Yeah. So Tunde, as a, as a professional, as a product manager, what, what drives you to do what you do? What, what's your career mission, so to speak? Um, that's a good one. Um, I think in one word, I would just say impact, right? Mm-hmm. I think, um, the, the profession itself as a product manager deals with, you know, trying to create value for both, you know, end users and also for the business, right? So the ability to create that impact to positively affect um, your clients and your business is what drives me. You know, they need to make a difference to walk a path that maybe only few have actually had the courage to do that. And overall, you know, just to try to bring the best version of me is what drives me every day to do what I do. Now, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I love how you encapsulated like the the discipline of product by like impact for both customer and the business, and kind of holding those two things together. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in terms of impact and career mission, um, how much of of that desire to create impact led you to start Product Academy Africa? Um, what was was there? Um, another driver behind it, or, or was it really just going back to that core concept of impact? Um, I, th- I think, you know, like impact actually is like the number one driver, right? But at the end of the day, it's also for the, the love of the discipline itself, the discipline of uh, product management. You know, coming from Africa, I'm, I'm Nigerian, by the way. Uh, so being an African myself and lived there for most of my life, my adult life, and on this, uh, knowing the landscape of how you know, product management discipline is on the rise globally, but in Africa, not as much, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to just give back in a way, you know, having been exposed to a lot of um, uh, principles, methodologies here in the US. So I just felt like I needed to 
give back to the to the community that kind of like you know you know brought me up and for me there are main three objectives that i'm trying to achieve with the product academy africa one of which is to eventually revolutionize the product culture in africa right you know and also try to uh, bridge that gap between africans and the diaspora in products and those back home in africa i feel like uh it is important to begin to have that knowledge transfer, you know, and the best way to do that is Africans actually here that have the experience and the exposure to help those back home to begin to be better at what they do. And overall, I think like the, the end goal for me is to be able to build the next product leaders from Africa. So those are the things that actually motivates me and drive me to do and to start the Product Academy Africa. That's really awesome. And I know, I know you're gonna make a big impact there. So I'm excited to see how that progresses. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So I did an episode several months back. Uh, I think it was titled why the best PMs have side hustles. And I'm really curious. I, I know we want to get to the, the core conversation around digital transformation, but I'm really curious with Product Academy Africa, how your experience as, as a seasoned PM has helped get Product Academy Africa off the ground. Yeah, I think my experience has actually played a vital role, you know, I've had the opportunity to work, you know, across different organizations, startup, enterprises, and use different methodologies, you know, you know, different team structures. And I feel like those experience kind of shaped me to know, you know, and also using the definitely as a PM, you know, doing my, you know, the research of the market that I was that I'm trying to serve, which is Africa, understand where they are, and where I feel like they need to be. So I feel like my experience kind of helped me to come up with a curriculum for Product Academy Africa that can actually break through and also create the impact that I'm hoping that um, this uh, business would do. You know, so one of the things that I feel like my experience also did help me with is deciding on which methodologies to push. You know, like you know, as a product manager yourself, there are a lot of different you know types of product methodologies out there, and trying to understand which type of team culture that we need to begin to uh, push into the continent of Africa. And to, to sustain growth in any organization. So I feel like um, overall, the whole summation of my experience have gotten me to this point where uh, I feel like I feel confident enough that I can share all the things that I've learned over these years back to, to my people. That's awesome. And, and I, I know from, uh, from the data that comes from the, the podcast statistics that I, I do have a, an audience in Nigeria and around the, the African continent. So if, if there are those listening right now from Africa who want to get connected and be, be a part of what you're doing there to develop themselves as, as future leaders, uh, PM leaders in Africa, how can they get connected with you? Oh, definitely. Um, so one, they can f- just you know follow us on LinkedIn, right? Um, Product Academy Africa on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter and Instagram. But overall, we want to try to make sure that everybody is part of the community. That's the end goal, mm-hmm. and that's the place where they can actually get the most value of from. So if you if you go on LinkedIn, for instance, you see the opportunity to join our community there. Uh, so that would be the best thing to do. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. So yeah. I know we we want to get to the the core conversation around your experience. Um, around um, digital transformations and, and how you uh, how you left IBM to come come to Dell. So could could we start by like walking through that experience of um, that transition from IBM over to Dell and what that opportunity was to kind of do something that not every PM gets an opportunity to really be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. so could could you just take us through that? 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I can. So, like you said, not how everybody gets to, I guess, the opportunity to be part of, you know, data transformation, especially from the product standpoint. And that is what actually drew me to the opportunity. You know, while I was at IBM, I was working on, you know, on the team of the IBM cloud storage. You know, it was a great uh, work that I was doing there. I loved it. You know, but this opportunity at Dell was so different. Right, you know, an opportunity for me to be part of a transformation effort to transform 15,000 watt, um, you know, strong organization. And it was different, you know, at IBM, I was volunteering, you know, doing the bootcamp sessions for PM, training people there. So it's an opportunity for me uh, to actually do this full time at Dell. So when, I, when, when they reached out, you know, I couldn't say no. It was something that was different. I've done every part of products hand to hand, but this was something different that I wanted to explore. And that was just drove my decision to do that, you know. Uh, going back to my, you know, core motivation, which is the impact. I felt like I could impact organization that's that big, you know, and bring my worth of experience to bear. So that was what um, led me to move. That's cool. And, and that, that theme of impact keeps coming back up. So it makes exactly. <laughs> Cool. So um, I'm curious because there's something you mentioned there that I want to press on just a little bit where you said you had pretty much done like every aspect of product management or, or multiple different parts of product management, but this was something new. So I'm curious, like your approach in general from like your PM career of mm -hmm. how like how intentional have you been to kind of seek out unique opportunities and like I'm assuming that goes back to impact, right? Like the more experience you get, the more you can you can do for the company. Exactly. Um, and for me, like you said, in, I like the word intentional. I've been very, very intentional in you know, the approach that I've taken in my, you know, my career as a product manager. Uh, my background before product management has been as I was a developer. So, and I kind of transitioned into product management. And ever since then, I've gradually tried to expand my, uh, my skill set, you know, from being a technical product manager to the business side of things, going for my MBA, you know, and getting that knowledge to be able to impact the business and having that end-to-hand -end knowledge, right? So I've been very careful and planned out that, that journey for myself. So when you get to the point where you are like, I consider that a full stack uh, product manager, when you can do business side of things, you can do, you know, technical side, you can bring everything together. And you've done that for about 13 plus years, then get to the point that you want to try something different and that was what led me to Dell you know so for me intentional being intentional is, is very key you know especially once if, if your aspiration is to become a you know product leader VP type CEO type you know leader you want to have that broad experience that you could leverage and that's what I've been able to do um, thus far. Absolutely so take us through what, what, what digital transformation even looks like especially in a big company Right, because I would assume that most individuals listening to this podcast are either customer-facing PMs or asp mm -hmm. are aspiring to be, but but this was a, a massive internal effort. So, did like were you able to leverage your current PM skills, um, or or did you have to kind of go outside of that to to do or learn new things, or was it kind of a mix? Yeah, so um, I think. That, that is more like a mix of everything really, because you know, when, when people talk about data transformation, oftentimes people look at it from the technology standpoint, right? You, you talk about, oh, modernization of you know, legacy infrastructure, but it's way beyond that. In reality, right, it, it is more like 
for you to be able to reap the full benefit of digital transformation, you need to have total transformation strategy that cut across people, process, and technology, right? And so at Dell, you know, what digital transformation meant was the ability for us to come up with a strategy that cut across all those dimensions that I mentioned, you know, because we wanted to gain, um, have efficiency gains from the technology transformation to the people. And if we do not do that, you know, you can, you can have the right te technology transformation, but if you like the people or the process, then you, you know, the people would like the right mindset to create that change that you're trying to get to. So for me, you know, uh, as a product manager, my role there was pretty much to, to lead the transformation from the people and process standpoint, right? To see how can we move Dell from a project-centric organization to more of a product organization. So that was where I leveraged my experience, having worked in products, you know, for a while to begin to come up with, you know, training manuals, you know, training people on how to do work, you know. So that's how I leveraged my experience as a product manager. But also on the other side, on the flip side, is the unknown of how do you, you know, work with people, internal people, and transform them because there are a lot of different things that comes into play, cultural, cultural things that you need to deal with, you know, um, trying to make sure that um, the strategy that you're putting in play actually fits the organization itself. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense and definitely comes with some unique challenges, right? Because I, I think of it like in terms of my role as like a customer facing PM, I'm, I'm working with with internal stakeholders and external customers to try to figure out like what should I be prioritizing to help mm -hmm. meet customer um, outcomes, but also business objectives. Mm -hmm. But like there's there's a unique aspect to what you were doing in the sense that like once you understood what they're like what needed to be done it wasn't so much of okay like how do we do it let's work with the team to get it done it, it was also like how how do we manage like internal um like politics right current policies Definitely. in place um how, how do we how do we ensure execution through the organization so uh, are there are there some key takeaways for for anyone listening who might be dealing with something like this on a larger scale outside of their just their, their product team um, well, what's some advice that you would give to them as they're they're trying to navigate those waters oh uh, that's a very good question um at the top of my head i would say three things right i think one is um you cannot lift and shift digital transformation strategy and it doesn't work right um, every organization is different, you know, for the fact that the strategy worked uh, for a company doesn't mean it's going to work for B. You have to localize that strategy to fit the unique culture of the organization that you're working with, right? Um, you have to understand where you, that organization is, is had on that journey, you know, are they far off on the technical, uh, technology transformation part, or are they just starting? So that, you know, whatever process that you're putting in play is aligned with all the other facets of the transformation. So that's one, you know, no lift and shift. <laughs> the second one will be the frozen middle is real. You know, there is uh, something that, you know, is called the middle status uh, conformity effect. Mm. You know, what that means is that, you know, people are, you know, pretty much okay or they have that safe zone of, oh, I, I've been doing this for years. It works. I don't want to change that. You know, it's like competency destruction. So they feel like they feel okay doing the same thing they've been doing because they they're effective on that, right? So if they change to new stuff, you know, it takes them it takes them a while. The learning curve, and they don't want it to 
go through that process. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that is where the middle management comes into play, right? The middle managers are the ones that drive that change, you know, the, you know, the executives, the uh, leadership, they, they might have a buy-in, but if the middle management do not actually execute, then the transformation or whatever effort that has been done is, is just going to be a bust. So that is where, you, you know, I feel like uh, it's very important that that frozen middle, which is the middle management, is bought in and they are they're ready to put in the effort that is needed to drive that change to effect that um, transformation. I think the last one that I will go with is um, the lines between business and IT needs to be blurred, right? Um, oftentimes, organizations as big as you know the IBMs, the Dells of this world, where you have you know and like the GEs and all that, you know that are going to transformation, is that oftentimes you see business treat IT as an outsourcing company. Like, okay, these are the things we want. They want to just tell IT to go build them. But they need to begin to see themselves as more of part of the same team, you know, that are trying to work towards a common objective instead of seeing one as, oh, you guys are the owners of the, of the business and you guys are the, you know, outsourcing company. You have to have, have a very, uh, you know, unique way of, you know, dealing with each other that, that did, you know, and I feel like that's why I said like the line needs to be blurred to the point where it is very one team focused. No, that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm curious, like through your experience, right? And I'm sure every company is different. How are you prioritizing like the different levels of um, ob objectives you are trying to hit, right? Like how, how do you, okay. how do you prioritize um, th those objectives of the transformation, I guess? Okay, yeah. So I think, you know, for us, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we started with is more on the try and error space. But as we got comfortable, we began to look at it from, you know, the middle, like that middle layer that I was talking about, we started looking at it, which organization, which managers are, are ready, you know, on that journey. Like, because we, we wanted to make sure that we, the people that were actually, you know, put into going through that transformation, have the infrastructure to actually you know, be successful. Some some teams are far along on the transformation journey. So we look at technology transformation, for instance, and say, okay, which of these teams have actually do have, you know, their, uh, their hubs on on the cloud, for instance, they have all the dev, uh, DevOps, you know, services and tools. Because some of the things that we're teaching as, you know, on the process side, you know, requires all those things to be to be available. So it doesn't really make sense for us to be transforming people from the process side when they do not have the infrastructure to support those things that, to make them successful. So we're looking at data of those, those kind of things. Also, one of the also th uh, things that we did is to come up with more like an evangelist type uh, role within different organizations. So those evangelists are the ones that help us go into these uh, uh, teams to come up and come up, okay, these teams are ready, these teams are not and helps us to drive the agenda and the value of the transformation itself. And um, God bless our leadership, they came up with a, uh, a tool called like uh, POMA, it's an assessment dashboard that helps you understand where you are on the journey. So th that dashboard helps you to each team to understand, okay, are you doing this? Are you doing that? And it comes up with a score and recommendations on where to improve. So based on that report, we from the uh, digital transformation team can now look at that report and recommend what the next point of action needs to be. No, I, th I think that's really cool, right? And I think the first the first big takeaway from that is if you're going to transform 
your, your company in some extent or another, it, it's probably safe to say that you don't have the tools or business infrastructure in place currently to just go ahead and execute. You probably need to put some of those things in place um, mm-hmm. to enable the organization to execute. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting that um, that Dell put that dashboard in place to kind of um, measure and make visible those those KPIs, right? Like those indicators of whether or not you were doing the right things or um, on the right track to to execute according to the transformation effort. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you, you would add anything to that. But. Yeah, no, 100%, you know, and even pre, uh, this, the, the dashboard came in as, you know, we started the transformation and to begin to understand where people are on the journey and to move forward. Even pre that digital transformation itself, there was a large effort to, you know, go around to understand what people are doing. You know, some, I think um, being consultant at some point was part of that effort also. So to understand, okay, how teams were structured, you know, the, the way teams were funded, all this effort, you know, they did all that pre even the transformation itself. So the data from those things was what led to, you know, the transformation effort and understanding what needs to be done at what point. You know, but you probably don't get the full picture until you start that process. So once we started the process, we begin to see other things that we needed to work on. And that was when, you know, the team started, you know, implementing Puma, for instance, and other, uh, other uh, efforts. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm, I'm rereading the book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by, by Richard Rummelt. And I, I think it's a, an excellent write. Um, and, and he kind of describes strategy as something where like you can't actually have it until you've properly identified the challenge in front of you. And, and it sounds like that's what you did and what the, the rest of your team um, putting together this transformation did at Dell was identifying what are the key challenges in the way for the, like in the way of this transformation. And let's make sure we get those things in place and those things, um, those obstacles overcome. So that way we can enable the organization to actually execute on this. You well said, <laughs> you said it wouldn't be better. <laughs> nice. Just, uh, just top of mind. Cause I'm, I'm currently reading the books. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with that. Cool. So, if there's if there's a PM listening or, or a PM leader listening right now, and they see um, change that's needed in the organization, I, I know it was kind of different for you since uh, Dell kind of already identified that they needed to do this, and they brought you in with your expertise to actually to actually do it. Um, but if if you were inside of an organization and you saw the need for transformation, um, mm-hmm. do you have any advice on how you would approach that? I think uh, some of the things that I mentioned earlier would be things I would, you know, for, for one is uh, whatever um, transformation strategy that we decide to, um, to, to, to take on, we, ne- we need to first understand that how does that impact our team culture? Do we have um, the right set of people to execute, right? You know, uh, I think that's very key. I feel like, you know, if you see that, okay, maybe a, a company have done it, and you're trying to just model your transformation effort towards that, it might not turn out good. So I feel like, you know, there needs to be localization of strategy to fit in the, the, the company's culture. That would be one. Mm-hmm. I think also that it needs to be buying across all levels, not just leadership. You know, leadership can see the value and say, okay, let's go do it. But if everybody along the line do not buy into that change, it will just be, uh, you know, frustrated effort. 
So I feel like, you know, the leadership needs to do more than just saying that this is what, what we need to do. They need to tell the organization why we are doing things, right? Not just tell them, well, we need to, let's go do it. Why? And also reduce expectation because there's always going to be that learning curve for everybody. So maybe some of the numbers would have to dwindle a little bit, but it's okay. So it's okay for when the numbers dwindle a little bit, but the, the goal is the efficiency gains, you know, or whatever gains that that transformation would bring, you know, in the long run. So you have your eyes on the long-term goal, not, not just the short-term gains, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the second thing I would say. And finally, I think the most important is, you know, team structure, right? You know, the, the organization needs to be able to come with a team structure that empowers everybody, right? If you're trying to do like a product team, uh, transformation, like, like Dell is doing from a project to product, my advice would be that, you know, there should be a product organization, you know, where uh, product managers see a level up to like maybe a leadership that is a VP of product or SVP of product. That way there can be a unique strategy across all product managers, you know. So those are the three things that I would say at this point, you know, based off my experience at Dell. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's really good, right? Because you need to have the the capabilities and competencies in place with the, the people who are actually going to be um, ex executing the transformation in their in their specific areas. Um, you need you need buy in from from middle management and down to their teams. And, and I'm sure there's there's aspects of uh, leadership by influence that, that you would have to use through storytelling and um, consistent messaging around the objectives and and then even even leadership to take on like you mentioned that there might be some short-term losses or um, some short-term uh, pains in terms mm -hmm. of like we have to take a step back from our current execution so that way we can leap, leap ahead after we're done this and so it takes that leadership um, courage to really say that this is okay to, to take a step back for a little bit. And I'm, I'm curious in terms of like incentives, right? Cause I, I've seen it before where um, change at some level is, is trying to be executed, um, but parts of the organization don't have their incentives aligned with that change and it kind of brings things to a halt. So how, how important is that from your experience? I think it's really important to have those incentives in place, you know, because people will say, okay, why should, why should I do it? <laughs> you know, uh, so, so uh, and that is where two things come into place. That, what you said is the that influence part of it. You know, sometimes when you have leaders that can influence people to act, they probably really don't need more of an uh, incentive. But when that is lacking, you, people want to say, okay, what is in it for me? Right? And um, some of the things that, um, we started implementing recently is and IBM does a good job at that is to create budgets, right? You know, so you go through a you know a course like maybe at IBM if you do like maybe offering management at Dell we just started doing something like that also you get a badge for it something that you can take. Okay, yes, I've been trained in this process of being a product manager or being a uh, an engineer or or a designer and you get a badge for it. You know, that is something that, you know, brings that intrinsic value to the individuals that are getting it. Like, okay, I have something to show for this effort that I'm going through. So that's one. Other things could be that, you know, get, you know, internal points that you could use within the company. 
And, um, and sometimes it's also good for leadership, you know, to also recognize this effort by giving recognition to all these folks that are, you know, doing this uh, work or that, that are going through this transformation by recognizing them publicly and, and showing that, you know, and showing, also showing the result of the teams that have gone through this transformation so that they can encourage other people that, okay, this team have done this and this is the value that they've gained from doing this. So those are kind of the things that I feel like from the instinctive uh, standpoint that can help to, mm-hmm. to get things done. I, I love that because I, I think initially, like even my mind, and I'm sure the, the minds of our listeners kind of gravitate towards financial incentives, but but you went a different route. You, you were saying like there's cross-training opportunities where you can get recognized for the skills that you're gaining. You, you get um, additional skills uh, and then and then you can get recognition from leadership in the process of being part of this change effort. So, so mm-hmm. I, I love how you, you kind of went another route and said there, there's a lot of other ways you can incentivize change outside, outside of a financial incentive. So I really, yeah. really like that. 100%, 100%. Uh, personally, um, I feel like, if, you know, for if you're, if you're paid to do certain things, especially in the workplace like this, or especially in the transformation agenda, the chances are you just go to that course for the money, not necessarily internalizing the, the, the things that you really need to internalize and use yeah. on your job. It's okay, I've done it. It's like a checkbox for you. I've done it, where's my money? <laughs> so th- there needs to be a, other ways that would actually impact organization you know you know than just paying people yeah no I, I think that's that's a really good call out to like second order effects right it's it's the the, the intention is that you want to you want to train people so they can have this this skill set but the way you incentivize them causes a second order effect of where they, they don't actually um, do the thing that you intended them to do they do it just to get that incentive and so it like <laughs> defeats the whole purpose <laughs> exactly that's good. Well, Tune, this has been such such a pleasure um, to, to talk with you and, and to hear about this experience you've had and, and what you're doing with, with Product Academy Africa. I just, um, I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting and, and sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much. I appreciate you know, inviting me. That was Tunde Oke, Product Manager of Developer Enablement and DevOps Experience at Dell. Tunde's experience is a fantastic case study in leading through influence as a product manager and it shows just how valuable product management can be to an organization. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next week on Lessons in Product Management.